the good guy. In my own mind. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Six yeah, of one, yeah. half so, of the other. So, so in your mind, Don, you got sat for being too good at, at the job. <sighs> I mean, I wouldn't want to say that, Daddy, but kind of what you did say. The story concludes. <laughs> you, you know, you were, that's that is. I mean, I think everyone who just heard that will draw the same conclusion that you got sacked from these jobs because you're too good. Correct. <laughs> In, in a sense, in a sense, I mean, you right, know, I didn't, right, yeah. I didn't say that. But if the listeners draw that conclusion, that's in their own minds. You know, that's that's all I'm saying. But anyway, I got. I think it's in their minds though because you kind of said it. Uh, but yeah, go on. Yo, yo, yo! What's up? You alright? Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Is this the beginning of the podcast then? Have we done it if we actually entered podcast land? Yeah, so this is um, episode two of Misdirection, isn't it? Um... <laughs> yes, this is episode two of Misdirection, the brand new podcast with Danny and Dom. Here we are. Uh, Dom, the second and more beautiful half of the double act, is sat in a lovely park at the minute. He's hearing the birds tweet. It's about nine o'clock and... This week's subject is the gig economy, yes? Yeah, this week we're going to talk about the gig economy, so our worst jobs, our, our, the craziest situations we've been in work, and just how grim the overall picture is for people at the lower end of the jobs market. Uh, so, Dom, what was also your just first some bullshit, job? right? I just want to say just before this, right? And this, I haven't well, I was trying to, this or anything yeah, I was like trying to do that properly with a proper intro and you had to shit all over it. Go on. But <laughs> right, I just want to say... Um, do you know the movie Waiting with Ryan Reynolds? That was supposed to be heavily based off of the TGI Fridays, right? And like, just randomly, I think we all know this, or it's a little known fact. But if you ever, if you haven't seen, we don't have any sponsorship from them. But if you haven't seen the film Waiting with Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> and you think like a mediocre watch with some hilarity and to sort of get over your own depressing day at work, just watch that film. I think it's, I think it's all right. A solid. Seven out of ten. I wouldn't give it. Wouldn't give it an eight. That's a bit much, but solid seven out of ten. I've so, never seen it. Have, have you not? No. Oh, well, you know, there, there it is. But I think a lot of that is just like they obviously went through some. People have been through bullshit at CGI Fridays. It's just that whole environment, that whole thing, is a lot of what I think the podcast is gonna. What's gonna happen in in the following minutes with this podcast? Ah, uh-huh. yes. Trying to add some structure in there, ladies and gents. Oh gosh. Um, so what's the. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? Right, what? You're just the you kind of cheesiest guy on the planet, right? Right, so, what, what, what was your first job, first of all? What was my first job? Um, I yeah. think uh, it was pretty much Emmaus, which was the previous podcast, but. Um, I did have like a little apprenticeship, which is not technically a job. I think we all know that. An apprenticeship um, doing motorcycle insurance, which I got brutally fired from within under a week. And it, the, the weirdness started there, really, because I remember I was in this place and the dude who was training me, Toby, I can actually see him now. Um, he was like a bit of a macho guy, played rugby, um, Again, really wanted to play me at poker for some reason. I don't know what the fuck that was about, but, you know, he genuinely did. We had little discussions about poker. And then I was, he was trying to train me on how to do this, like, you know, enter these motorcycle insurance receipts. And the thing that he seemed to, that his training method or way of doing this was to 
spy on me when he thought I wasn't looking. And he would like hide behind corners and literally just peek out. And I could just feel him almost breathing down my neck. And this constantly took my mind off the job. So I'd be typing and then I'd just look behind me and just see fucking Toby lurching in a corner, making sure I was doing it properly, which proper put me off. So Do his trousers look normal? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't pay much attention to him. Um, he he was a he was a bigger man. I mean, maybe there was something funky going on downstairs. Was we'll it never erotic? know. Was it erotic for you? It sounds erotic. <laughs> I mean, you know, my asshole was clenched. That's really all I could say about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just oh, and the other weird thing, and um, something that I just didn't connect the dots with, was I was sitting with this girl called Maria, um, yeah. and she turned out that. Um, she'd had a bit of a tumble around with um, my flatmate, my roommate. So basically, my roommate had given her a shag and then not called her. And it was like, oh, I, think I we know. got that from tumble around. It has to be the worst that. euphemism I've ever heard. Go on. Right. Well, it was just like, oh, I know. Who do you know that I know? So it was that mutual bonding thing. I was like, yeah, my roommate's Paul. And then after that, she just wouldn't wouldn't chat to me. <laughs> I think she just thought I was an absolute dickhead, um, which I probably was and am. But yeah, that was that was the beginning of that, and then I got fired after a week for you know just bullshit. I just don't think I picked it up properly. It was also some sort of scam. I think it was one of those jobs that you could have trained a monkey to do. Um, I was that monkey, but they were just not happy with the way the monkey was progressing, and therefore fired him, and probably got two monkeys for the price of one, or several other monkeys. So yeah, I can't remember a lot about that place, really apart from it being very odd and that Toby thing. But yeah, what was your first job? Well, so getting fired from work has set the tone for you, I guess, over the years. <laughs> right, yeah. I'd like to point out I've been fired from a lot of different places for a variety of reasons. But, you know, in my own mind, you either leave a job slightly disgruntled because it hasn't gone exactly the way you would have wanted it to, or you get fired. Or, I don't know, you, like, do 30, 50 years in the place and then get a golden sort of wristband at the end or whatever the fuck. Golden watch, that's that's supposed to be the thing. But, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Do people, like, normally not get fired from their uh, jobs and whatnot? Uh, I think most people uh, stay in their jobs and then move on when they've found another one as opposed to, um, you know, pushing it so far that you get terminated. Well, it, just, it depends what job you're doing, doesn't it? So, if you're working at the lower end of the jobs market, then yeah, yeah, I don't think you're going to be doing the job for the passion. No one skips to work when they're going for stack shelves, do they? No, um, well, exactly. I mean, this is my point. I mean, and to be fair, uh, we have both, really. I mean, mostly me, but we have both worked a lot of minimum wage bullshit jobs, zero hour contract jobs, you know, the gig economy. I have been put in situations to this day where I'm just like, what the fuck? You know, I just, really, it's just uh, pretty crazy. But yeah, what was your first job? Well, I'm going to sound like a Victorian pauper when I talk about my first job because it was literally in a Victorian mill in Oldham. Um, <laughs> and after working there a day, I understand why bisonosis killed so many of the cotton tenders back in the day because when I got under the shower and I got home, just pools of dirt just gathered under my feet and I was blowing black snot into a tissue. It was really grim, man. So, But we weren't spinning cotton. We were loading and unloading trucks 
So packing boxes onto pallets, loading them into trucks. It was just, it was the grimmest job ever. And because it was my first job, I got all the grunt work and I also got the piss taken out of it. I got introduced to the world of uh, workplace pranks. So I got asked to fetch things like tartan paint and a left-handed screwdriver and uh, a long stand. I, I think I fell for almost all of those. Um, but the long stand one, I remember... Guy sends me for a long stand. I went to the reception. Yeah, mate. Uh, Gaz downstairs wants a long stand. He goes, oh, all right, yeah, just wait there then, mate. I'll be right with you. Goes off into the back room. Mm. Ten minutes later, I'm calling him back saying, yeah, mate, have you got it yet? And he comes out going, was that long enough then? I was like, I'm just confused. You what? So you wanted a long stand? Was that long enough? And then the penny dropped. Oh, you bastard. Um <laughs> Yeah, and also at that at that meal, I was known as Virgin because one day during a fag break, we're all sat in the back of the truck. It was pissing it down, and um, all the lads were talking about you know night, nights on the town and the girls that they picked up and whatnot. So I just start I started on a, telling a fictitious story about my womanizing um, skills on the town down, uh, which don't exist, but. I was saying it anyway, and then I remember, just never remember this guy was just looking at me just incredulously while he was had a roll up from the corner of his mouth. Like he just pulled it out and goes, Yeah, Danny, you a fucking virgin. What? I was just <laughs> like, No. And then he goes, Where's the clit on a girl then? And I thought, Yeah, I've got you here, mate. I said, It's above the vagina underneath the clitoral hood. <laughs> and then he goes, You read that in a fucking textbook, you're a virgin. Uh, and then ever, every day on after that, I was known as Virgin Boy. He blasted vir- like a virgin over the tannoy in my honour. Um, so, yeah, that was my introduction to the world of work. Um, I can't say it inspired me with um, aspiration. Uh, it, 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 it demoralised me. And um, I think that was the zero hours contract. I was only there for about eight months. And then on the dole queue... On the dole, let's be clear. I've been on the dole. Like people don't understand. If you've never been on the dole, it's like a job in itself. You have to, you have to look for work every day, and you have to meet certain criteria and attend appointments on time all the time. Um, you constantly have to be on your toes. It's not like people think people on the dole are scroungers. It's just you can't be a scrounger on the dole for too long. They will kick you off the benefits. Anyway, um, so from that shitty job. Um, selling insurance was it done? Car, uh, motorbike insurance. Yeah, did you yeah, end up yeah. After that, where did oh, you end up um, after I did that? a bit of a. I did a free stint in in ASDA because the job centre people, nice segue there, like just got me a stint in ASDA, which I was brutally fired from after I think it was about a month and a half. Did you have um, to do the ASDA magic? Uh, I don't know what the ASDA magic is, but that would have been. Bloody hilarious. What what is the Aston Magic, Danny? Enlighten me and the listeners. Well, so when I <laughs> fuck's sake. When I when I did when I applied to Asda, I didn't get the job. <laughs> the part of the application process is Asda Magic. I wrote a piece for about it in The Guardian. Yeah, um, go on. What what they had you doing is taking a product off the shop floor and you had to create a poem or a play or even a song to sell it back to the rest of the group. And there were other group activities. And I just, as I heard, because um, I was in the waiting room and I heard this being said, and I could just feel the panic rising. You know, I thought I was going for a self-stacking job. At no point, if you're working in Asda, are you going to be fucking 
um, singing about the products you're selling. Do you, you know, because I, I, I worked at Sainsbury's before that, a decade, over a decade ago, and that entailed just chatting to the, the, the floor manager, and then she asked me when I could start, and then it was as simple as that. But, that, I mean, we'll get to all the crazy hoops you have to jump through, but, yeah, that really that really put me off. So you were only at Asda for a bit. You didn't like Asda? Uh, no, not particularly. Um, I would like to say I have done that exercise, but it was when I worked in uh, Hamley's in the toy store. They made us do that, but that seemed rather appropriate That's to me. That's more understandable, though, isn't it? Because it's a performance job, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they want people to be outgoing and happy. I mean, it, it really does make sense. Even though, I would like to point out, they had some really poor people from, like, head office down there who were, like, you know, basically just pencil pushers and people that worked on computers. And they were lumped in with us, the, you know, acting, artistic types, shall we say. And they were all just put in a room. And then we had to do the same, yeah, had to do the same jazz. You know, just, like, had to make a song and a dance up about any toy that we, we sort of grabbed and stuff. So... Yeah, that was... I felt quite sorry for them. Um, <laughs> can't lie. I mean, bless them, they tried. But yeah, yeah I wasn't... <laughs> if you're an introvert, if you're an introvert, mm-hmm. then how are, you, how are you supposed to do that? You don't need to be that outgoing to stack shelves or work on a checkout till. If, I, if, I, if, I, if a checkout operator starts talking to me, if they sang at me, I think I, I don't think I'd ever go back to the shop again. You know, that's, that's why I fucking those self-checkouts are a godsend, because... I, you know, I'm a misanthrope at the best of times, so I just, and I'm in a supermarket, my immediate thought is, how can I get out of here quickly? Especially when it's busy, you know. You don't like crowds. It's basically the general principle, right? I don't like people, uh, mm-hmm. especially when there's lots of them in a room. Yeah, I mean, they are really annoying, so. Yeah, it's... I also don't like people on a one-to-one basis. Uh, <laughs> To be honest, the weird thing about being let go from Asda was they just didn't give me the job. So I did about a month and a half of free work for them. And then just turned around at the end and said, I'm sorry, but I can't really give you the position. I mean, I tried my absolute damnedest. I I think the fundamental area I I did make was I wasn't particularly work happy. So I didn't really have that sort of thing of like, oh, you know, I should just... Yeah, behave myself or whatever it is they were looking for but I just did the job to the best of my ability a job that which I genuinely wanted I was like oh well you know working as the would be a decent enough gig and yeah it just got absolutely launched I was I was extremely surprised and then what did I do after that oh I I went to my yeah that was that was pretty much that and then we've done a whole podcast about that so yeah that's uh that's in the works but yeah that is the job in of itself, Amaius. I think I've probably got most of my my work skills from that particular um, charity shop. I must admit, or any work skills that I do have. But yeah, that was that. I do credit as my start in life. That was quite. Why did Hamlet's yes. fire you? They fired me. <laughs> right. Okay. I need to be careful about the way I word this. But generally yeah. speaking, I, all of this stuff is if you're on a zero hour contract. And this is very key. You never get fired from a place. It can't happen. You're just told not to come in anymore, right? You really, you can't be fired from a zero-hour contract. You can be told we don't have any work for you, which is the exact same equivalent of being fired, but you can't actually be fired from a zero-hour contract. Technically, well, te- well, technically, you're not an employee, are you? Yeah, well, exactly. You're not an employee. So, what the fuck? So they can do what they like with you, but if you don't behave yourself, they'll let you go which is exactly what happened to me 
at Hamleys after about a month and a half. Now, um, I'm just going to sort of lay it out there to the listeners. I was given a job working this massive toy store as a magician, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I was told to speak to people, right? But I wasn't behind the checkout. I was just on this stand, and I was handing them out to people. And then, in a sense, I was selling it to them, and then they would go to the till or not, potentially buy the product. Now, I don't know if anybody can spot why that would be a bit of an issue for somebody working in a toy store potentially selling something. I don't know if that, that you don't know, you can never prove how many you've sold at, at any given point, right? You can never prove how many you've sold um, when you work in that particular toy store. You, they can take your word for it, right? Which is, you know, one thing. So there needs to be that trust element, but they can never... You know, you can't prove, oh, yeah, I've sold 20 this day or hour or whatever. You can't prove it. So it was my word against people that have been working there a reasonable amount of time. Oh, and also, their way of punishing you, if you didn't sell enough in their mind, was to reduce your days. So you could go from having, like, five days a week or whatever um, to, like, instant being reduced to about four. I was like, what the actual fuck? So, yeah, that was uh, that. that. And I'll just point out the reason why employers favour zero-hours contracts is because you're not an employee, so therefore you don't have normal employment rights. So they can sack you with impunity regardless of how long you've worked there. So normally if you're an employee, I believe after two years, if you feel like you've been sacked unfairly, you can take them to an employment tribunal. But you don't have those rights as a zero-hours worker. Uh, and I think on that note, this is a good time to pause the show for um, some capitalist messages. Uh, <laughs> we're not, we don't have uh, any sponsors on Misdirection, but we are plugging <gasps> my book, which is still available. Uh, according to the publishers, uh, my book, Down and Out, available everywhere, is a true state-of-the-nation examination of modern homelessness, assessing its significance, its precursors and causes as well as the role played by government, austerity, charities, and other systems in perpetuating this crisis. Ultimately, the publisher says, it seeks to ask how we as a society might one day change our practices and attitudes so that one day we might bring it to an end. And uh, Simon Attenstone says, anyone interested in homelessness should read this book. So that's Simon saying that. If Simon says buy it, fucking buy it. Uh, Francis Bayon, author of Crippled and a Guardian columnist, says, I'm a vital voice. And, uh, and this book's for every politician, policymaker, and reader who wants a fairer and kinder country. Okay? Emily Kenway, author of Truth About Modern Slavery, oh says a valuable God. How long is this go on? of how the system fails our kids. And, you know, I was on Five Live earlier, and uh, the interviewer, Claire McDonald, she, she said, I'm a great writer. So if they're saying it, it must be true. So go out and fucking buy it, will you, for God's sake? I need to pay <laughs> bills. You fucking tight bastards. I know there's a cost of living crisis, but you can afford a fucking book. Sick of it. How much is it, Danny? Uh, At the moment, uh, Amazon hardback is £13.47, but you can get the audiobook for free if you sign up to Audible. All right? I don't know why I'm promoting Audible, but sign up. In fact, no, fuck that. Go somewhere else and spend money so I get more of it, all right? You type twat. Anyway, Dom, uh, where were we? Zero hours contracts. I think we're talking about how we're broke, um, we'll always be broke, and how people should buy your book. But, yeah, um, before you cut me off to say all of that, I was talking about zero hours contract. We have to right. pay the bills, Dom. This is, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, what what the hell was I going to... 
Right, so I got fired from that job. Even the way I got fired was quite telling because this is this is what happened, right? I was told that they didn't believe that I was selling the amount that I apparently um, purported to be selling. I was like, all right, I'm in trouble. And then, and then, he, my boss, I guess, comes to see me um, on the, the top floor of this massive six-foot toy, um, toy shop. And then, you know, he... You know, sort of talks to me about how things aren't going exactly right, and he might have to heavily reduce my my shift, even though he knows I'm trying. Because again, like Toby, very weird, but he was watching me out the corner of his eye sell stuff, and I did manage to like, literally sell a few tins of magic in front of him. What's what is it with your bosses watching you? Like seriously, <laughs> I mean, it, like are, are they trying to hide the fact that they're watching you? Or are they just openly just looking at you? Some of them openly do it; others see. Oh, like again, they just watch me for, for no reason. So I think really, I can't see them. Right, right, right. Time for time for a bit of honesty. Were you selling well at that Hamley's job? In you know what I know from my own personal experience when I tried to conclude this story in this mess of a podcast that we're doing, that I actually probably wasn't selling that well because nobody sells that well because their sales model is the following: just stand there, say a bunch of BS, and then just hand out magic tins and hope somebody buys them right which is technically not a good sales model everybody worked from a script but if you were to analyze the script and really go well what is this saying it's just going well do that right so all the best demonstrators slash salesmen in that place uh, never stu stuck to the script because they'd want to make all their sales stick so the honest honest truth of it is and i legitimately feel this from the bottom of my heart I think it's about 50-50 in favor of I definitely was selling something <laughs> I just wasn't selling they thought I should be selling and it didn't help the fact that a couple of people that I worked with who had been there longer didn't like me for whatever reason. I don't know why I alienate people, but you know, they, they didn't like me all that much. I don't think so. I can't because they were probably not doing well because they'd been there for a long ass time. And they were just like, ah, again, I have to just sell these. You know what? I'll blame the new guy because my sales figures aren't doing all that great, even though we're on the same team, but yada, yada, yada. So, so, so you Brutally fired from this toy store, right? And then um, to make for being shit, too good at your job, it's just for, ridiculous. For, being, for, being, for, being, for being too good at my job, right? And then directly after that, because I needed a job to support myself in the big city, I went to work in this rock and roll bar. Um, oh, in, in Camden, that one in Camden. You were at the World End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I, yeah, oh, in Camden. Um, I remember I went in there and this is legitimately true. I was really trying to get the job. I walked in. I was like, listen, have you got any, you know, have you got any spare jobs? You know, the old fashioned way, add some CVs on me. And then this guy, Douglas, I think his name is, I don't know his last name, but Douglas, who apparently lived above the pub because he was like in-house because a lot of people that actually worked there lived there, which is actually pretty cool in my, in my book. But he like, you know, took the CV off me and stuff. And he said, do you like heavy metal screamo? And I, because I really wanted the job, just went, yes, yes, uh, yeah, I love it, love it. Because I could hear a lot of it blaring at me while I was in this pub at about who, 12 midday. Who, who, who's your favourite heavy metal screamo band, Dom? Right, I don't have one. I don't oh. have one. It was, a, it was an utter lie. Um, and then I was... Can I tell you mine? <laughs> Go uh, on, then. I really like the one that goes... Rrr, 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 that one. 
or whatever the hell it is that they it's, they it's say. Brilliant, that isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and then I, I was, you know, standing there, and then I go, yeah, yeah, I love them. You know, heavy metal screamo. And then the guy just goes to me, so what's your <laughs> favourite? What's your favourite screamo band? Literally, as you did. What's right? Screamo, screamo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right, screamo. Right, right. And then um, I just go, to be honest with you, mate, I don't have one. You know, <laughs> just, just, you know, just balls out. I love it all. I, I couldn't I, take I like, the pressure. I kind of like it all, mate. Uh, I, I love all screamo. I, I, like, all, I like all screamo uh, equally. Yeah, so yeah, but which ones do you listen to? Uh, them all. There's so many, isn't there, the name? Uh, you know, specifically. <laughs> Well, I like the one Hellfire. That must be one Hellfire. And the guy's like, "Yeah, they're good." Oh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. brilliant! Good old Hellfire. There's, there's got to be a Hellfire band, have not there? Oh it's yeah, Screamo. Yeah, no, definitely. Were any of the people who worked there into that music, or was it all just like, you know, perpetrated oh, no, some on of them? them? Some of them, to be fair, I realised that this was like a lifestyle thing, right? So it was these guys who were there. I remember, you know, we've got we're talking about your typical. Camden punk rock scene so we've got guys with like green mohawks you know like a lot of um I don't even really know stretch earrings piercings tattoos whatever so and I'm sure that some of them fitted well into this just like easy as pie it was was definitely their scene so yes some people that job would have been an absolute me on the other hand I was just like just need a job mate so you know it is what it is at the end of the day. So I'm just here, just here doing my here doing the thing, um, and then basically had to spend my birthday and probably well all of Christmas. I know that for sure. Just working in this heavy metal screamo bar, not being happy, being like, damn, I wish I, you know, I just wanted to come to London, work in that toy store, and everything would have been cushy cream. Do this. To, Did you just say cushy cream? Because I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm prepared to just. Move past that. Yeah, so I, I did just say cushy cream. Yeah, you know, I was what, in what, what, what I like what? to think it was flow. So I did what? use use the term cushy cream. <sighs> this is what we like to call dead time. I think in the uh, in the podcasting biz, Danny, which you know nothing about. But anyway, right. So I was working in this toy store. Just, well, sorry, working in this pub like just regretting being fired from the toy store for something that in reality I probably had no control over. Having some cushy cream. Having, you know, whatever. Just like it not being cushy cream. Cushy means kosher, right? As in like it's all good. It was not all good. I was just like, fucking this is depressing as fuck. But, you know, I'll just get through it, whatever. I remember one time I was working in there and then there was... cream like... Krispy Kreme, but oh my like... god, shut the hell up about cushy freaking cream. Listen, I was working in there, and there was this dude. Like, I got off my shift, like whatever. I don't know. I was taking the the night tube back, so I in my head it was like one o'clock in the morning or whatever. So krusty cream. And then I get on this get on this tube, and then there's this dude who's drunk as fuck, and he just like starts taking the piss out of me for no reason, and he's like just covered in chicken or whatever. And then you know, I was looking <laughs> in the mirror, I swear to God, but well, he's covered in chicken. He, was, in chicken. He, he just 
reality. I think other people just went in there and collected well, uh, two glasses I and came back. I want to go back to the, the chicken man on the train. And, what and, then, and then... What do you mean he's then, covered in chicken? He was covered in chicken. He was just like chicken grease everywhere, just chicken all down <laughs> him. You know, he'd clearly just like, he'd been on the absolute fucking lash. And as opposed to getting a kebab, he'd just got chicken. And then I was, I was pot washing, so I was doing this glass washing, and he comes in, he, he looks directly at me. Bear what, in mind, taking the, he, Yeah, yeah, chicken man, who was taking the piss out of me on the train for like 20 minutes, and he just goes, oh, mate, I lost my phone. Gone. And I just look up and I'm like, oh, have you checked KFC, mate? And then he just looks at me dead in the eyes and just goes, oh, no, I've looked everywhere, and then just walks off. And I just went, Damn, Why is it that you really? always get into altercations on the tube? I don't, I don't know. Beat, you've been beat up several times on the tube or abused on the whoa, tube. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think you'll find, I think you'll find that I've, you know, every altercation more or less came out 50-50 in my mind. But, you know, it is what it is. Right. Right, right, right. So, so, okay, right, right, right. So the first time you got lamped on the tube, right, yeah. what, what, what was that about? I, I have absolute, I have absolutely no idea. I was just like, what? which Which altercation? This see, it's what I'm saying. Which altercation? There's been so many, right? There, uh, there have been there have been several, but we're skipping. It was skipping ahead. We're skipping ahead. Wait a minute. Man what happened? Lamped you very hard. He, he, yeah, he he lamped me. You know, I don't know what that was about, really. I mean, it was pretty, it just it, it was just out pretty, of nowhere. Pretty, yeah, just just done. Just minding his own business. But again, working too hard and too well, so he gets sacked, and obviously. He's just too nice on the tube, so people punch him. But uh, who knows why? Who knows why? This misfortune darkens Dom's door. It's all I want to say is, right, the best people in life. I mean, Jesus did a lot of suffering. That's all. So you just compared yourself to Jesus. <laughs> no. You didn't talk about why you got sacked from that Camden job, Dom. Wasn't it? Wasn't it the whole? And I came in on it, and then this um, this guy comes up to my manager and goes, "Listen." You've got to go clean. You've got to go clean the toilet. It's really bad in there. And then, you know, this girl was behind there. And then she was like, listen, Dom, <laughs> I don't think you should be cleaning that. We shouldn't really have to do that. It's like, again, it is basically midday on like Wednesday or something. I don't really know why it's in that state. But yeah, I would, I would literally tell them to close the cubicle and just get in, get in a professional, get in, you know, the actual cleaners of this place. And I went... Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I guess it's worth a shot. So I went, I immediately went to him and was like, listen, can we maybe get some? And he went immediately, went, no, 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 we can't. No, we can't, right? And the next thing that happened is really key. So I went in there and I was like, oh my God, somebody, a mahoosive dump everywhere. Like they literally just smeared shit on the, I don't want to say the walls, but I do actually remember it being like that. They've just had a, a, like, a colossal diarrhea poo everywhere all over this toilet. And I'm sitting there going, Standing there going, holy shit. I come out and I go, listen, Gins, <laughs> which we, we was just his name. I was like, Gins, listen, do you have any like gloves and stuff? That oh, I could... I can't, hang on, we can't say names. Yeah, but like nobody's going to know who well, that is. Again, again, every time we, we do this, I have to have this argument with you. You can't say names. So I'm going to be beeping that. Go on, carry on. Right, okay. Anyway, so Gins was there. For God's sake, Dom, you can't say names. All right, okay, okay. Jesus Christ. Fred was there. And then um, he, he literally, I was, I was standing there, I was like, can I have some gloves? And the guy was like, yeah, yeah but I just what got... did Gins say after Fred said that? <laughs> <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> You're such an arsehole. Right, I was like, um, he was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And he went out and 
bought them, which is a massive red flag, which means I definitely shouldn't have done that. I remember that very vividly in my mind, him just leaving and then just coming across the street and whatever and just buying gloves, um, I think air freshener and whatever, I think a toilet scrubber. So anyway, I was in there. Nobody bothered me. I swear to God, I don't know how long it took. I retched several times, just tried not to throw up, eventually got through it. It was perfect, but I guess it was usable, right? So yeah, I just came, I came out of there just disheveled destroyed and then i turned to like my left left the toilet and then my supervisor was just like oh dom have you cleaned up that massive shit in the toilet yeah i took a picture of it and posted it on the group chat and i just went what <laughs> what the fuck so basically i think and i truly do believe that they like somebody took a massive dump in there maybe one of them i don't know i don't want to get sued maybe one of them and they just went right should we just get the new guy to just clean up our shit just see if he does it should we just do that it was like well you know we're kind of bored why did you do it it's a wednesday to be honest i just wanted the job mate that was that was it i just had to pay the bills it was weirdly enough it wasn't a zero hour contract job i don't want to like stick them in it like that they yeah, did weirdly I enough. I, I wouldn't have done that. It's not my job. My job's. And I'm therein, ladies and gentlemen, is Danny's work ethic, right? I'm, you know what? I'm just a grinder. I'm just out here, just just living that nine to five. Whatever. Uh, I would, it's not in my job description. I'd say you're going to pay me extra because if I'm cleaning that amount of shit off a toilet, I want at least I want at least two hundred quid. <laughs> I mean, and then and then after I've done it, I say I want to go home. for not turning up. I was just. I remember I came in one day, and then weirdly enough this is absolutely true the same guy that like took the photo of the turd on um and then put post it on the whatsapp group you know i just came in about i don't know two hours late and he was just like where have, where have you been and i'm like listen i'm here now so either take it or leave it which was literally what i said i was like i'm here now what do you want and then he was like well uh, uh, and then he kind of you know lost himself and then he was like listen maybe i have to see you upstairs. And then, it, you know, I just kind of just went, listen, whatever, I'm here, just hire, hire me, fire me, I don't really care. And then he just let me go. And then like, whatever, bye. And it was like, all right. So you needed the job place. that much that you just didn't turn up, but you did clean up shit. So, yeah. But anyway, what were, what are your harrowing work stories, Danny? Harrowing work stories? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I have harrowing ones. You know. I mean, I did get sacked from Sainsbury's because, well, I've got ADHD, right? So the metronomic act of stacking shelves relentlessly just made me want to pull my own brains out somehow, just reach into my skull, just rummage around and pull them out and throw them on the wall and die. Mm. Right? Right, yeah, brilliant. That, yeah. So instead of doing that, I spent most of my time downstairs in the locker room reading a book or playing snake on my phone and um <laughs> this wasn't appreciated by management after a while because they started to clock on that i wasn't on the shop floor and i was always downstairs in the locker rooms um so one morning the manager confronted me about this and was like you know what's the crack here why why are you always downstairs in the toilet so you've got a bladder problem so he just said that Long. to me in, in front of everyone, uh, customers, everyone. So I was like, you prick. Uh, uh, and then I had to have a disciplinary meeting downstairs. And that was a real tip back then. So I was about 19. Mm. Um, no, I ne- you know, I've been kicked out of every school I'd gone to at that point. 
you know, just come out of a kid's home, living on my own from 16. So I had a chip on my shoulder and an attitude. And I just remember this manager going, right, sit down, uh, Lavelle. I was like, nah, you sit down, I'm standing up. And he's like, no, sit down. I was talking to you, he said, I'm not sitting down, mate. Just say it to me. Just say what you're going to say, you dickhead. And that's what I called him. <laughs> called him a dickhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and, <laughs> and, then, and, and then I was like, say to him, nah, it's my shot, mate, not yours. I run this place, you sit down, yeah? Right? And I was right. like, yeah, do you want to... Do you want, right, <laughs> he goes, you can't accept this behaviour. I said, yeah, do you want to fight then? And I was, just offering, I was such a knobhead. Just offered him a fight. I obviously didn't accept that challenge. But, right. How, know, what, was his, what was his actual reaction to it? Was he just like, no, or was he just like, that's ridiculous? Or what did he actually say? What was his response? Do you remember his actual response? I just remember his eyes being really wide and him just not believing what was happening in front of him. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think he thought he was taking down a young worker for, for um, a barbecue, but then he just ended up getting a mouthful. Um, zero thoughts given by me. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next oh day, I, I was given the old marching orders. So, yeah, I just cut, I couldn't hack it. But then, funnily enough, I got sat from there and then I walked straight into a job at the co-op uh, down the road. Same yeah. gig, stacking shelves. Uh, but but this time I was on the checkouts. And now the checkouts <laughs> were more entertaining because I could actually get away reading my book in between scanning people shopping. Go oh, um, long or doing or doing what I was doing, and it was just I don't know. It's just better for some reason. You were sat down. I think that's 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 always better to be off your feet. Mm. Um, but then I got sacked from there, essentially because I got sacked from Sainsbury's. Oh so shit! What I think I I gave them as a reference. I don't know why I gave Sainsbury's as a reference, but I suppose I was just trying to sh- demonstrate that I'd worked in a supermarket before. <laughs> So obviously oh, I... they, their reference told the truth about me, which was I was a shit house worker. And um, and the co-op three months after I'd been there just sat me on that basis. And I, to this day, I'm I'm pissed off by it because I don't I didn't put a foot wrong there. I turned off on time and did all my work. Okay, I did I did rob the place. But uh, <laughs> I right, okay, brilliant. So you but, you, but you hadn't that. done anything that. that they could do on the dole for ages and had periods of homelessness. Brilliant. Um, until I got a job with Oldham Council doing horticulture. It was a horticultural trainee scheme, and it was for for pe- vulnerable adults with learning difficulties and mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. So it was basically just the easiest job I've ever had. It's still boring. This was it, this game. This uh, job was a. It was like a never-ending game of whack-a-mole. So we're just. It just entailed taking a Dutch hoe and running it through soil to excavate hairy bittercress and horsetail weeds and other weeds. And that was it every day for the most part. We did get to use a strimmer now and again and other stuff, but for, for the most part, it was maintaining flower beds. It was fucking boring. But um, I just I just stopped going in and I still got paid because they just assumed, oh, yeah, he's off his head. So um, we're paying because that's what was expected of you there. It wasn't a real job. You know, it was like I said, it was a traineeship for people, you know, tardy pants like me. Um, and I can I can say that because I am a retard. I think if you are a retard like me, and I've got the papers to prove that I went to a special school, you could call yourself a retard. So, so, so that's what that job was. And I should have got, definitely got sat from there because I just just want to say he has written a book which you can buy. And if you're listening to this podcast, clearly isn't a retard. 
But yes, he does have the papers to prove. If anybody ever comes for him, that he is in fact a retard. So well, I know, look, I know that word isn't correct politically, right? But I, I prefer it, and I am someone with learning difficulties. So fuck you. How about that? <laughs> right, I, right, 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 right. And behavioural management problems, perhaps? Yeah, I'm not... Re- yeah, but here's the thing, right? I, I'm retarded and I'm not offended by the word retard, so fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. This is, this is like, what I mean. Look, 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 right. I right, get why, like, you know, like, words like cripple, that's not right anymore. You can't no. say... You shouldn't say cripple. And I get it. I wouldn't call someone a cripple. That's tight. Well, mm-hmm. if, I was a, if I was a cripple, I'd probably call myself a cripple. And if someone called me a cripple, I wouldn't be asked. Am I making sense, Tom? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you're a fat bastard. And if someone called you a fat bastard, which you are, you're a fat hey, bastard, Tom. you wouldn't be offended. Tight. No, oh, sorry, no, sorry that, from, from, that sounds very mean from your lips. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'll bother. I don't appreciate, I don't appreciate, um, I don't appreciate being fat shamed on, on my own podcast. Oh, God damn it. Um, I publicly apologise for fat shaming Danny um, for being fat on the podcast. This I'm going to segue now into a brief commercial break. And tomorrow evening, Monday, well, not tomorrow evening. Let me start that again. This evening, because this podcast is out today on Monday, uh, I'm going to be in conversation with Simon Hattonstone at a Guardian Live event. Uh, starts at 8pm. Tickets, mm-hmm. tickets are £7, and I believe there's a... 50p uh, service charge, and that's 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, so get your tickets now. And there's a Q&A at the end, so you can submit your questions, and maybe you get to chat to me and Simon. And um, the conversation is about my book, uh, Down and Out, Surviving the Homelessness Crisis, and we also talk about the state of homelessness in this country. So that's 8 p.m. tomorrow, Guardian Live. Uh, link will be in the description. Will you be attending tomorrow's live event? I'm actually uh, busy, to be honest, with my own things. But, you know, I yeah, wish this, you the this best. This is the support I get from my best mate. You know? <laughs> yeah, I wish you the best with, um, with uh, what was his name again? Simon? Simone. Yeah, Samantha. Simon, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. What are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing tomorrow? That's so important. I am moving house and... Oh. Yeah, genuinely true. And then... Yeah, um, you're moving the house at 8pm? Maybe, maybe maybe I'm not. I'm going to go see um, a mate of mine do his magic circle. Oh, brilliant, right. Yeah, go and see your mate doing his magic stuff. I've got an event, right? I'll never do another one like this, probably. It's, and, and then you're not there for me. <laughs> this, is the first, like, this is the first time I'm hearing this. Uh, and I'm hearing it on, on my fucking podcast. On our podcast, rather. Seriously, you've got to go and meet a friend rather than... Mate! Well, yeah, but what... <laughs> yeah, but basically. But um, will I actually even be able to attend this? I mean, where is it? It's online, mate. It's online. Oh, God, Jesus, I'm definitely not coming then. Fuck that shit. Fucking hell, some online bullshit. By the way, anybody listening to this, Danny's an excellent author, and I'm sure him and Simon, is Simon, right, will be, Simon Hattonstone, right, famous interviewer, will be very um, insightful and give loads of excellent commentary on whatever the hell it is they're talking about. Yeah, it's not that Dom can't be asked going, he's just going to go and see his mate shuffle cards somewhere. (laughs) It's really important. I mean, you know... Hello. Hi. Wait, hang on. 
we back? Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, well, we got cut off there, didn't we? Because somebody called me and then we had to cut it. And then this is several hours after the fact. But here we are. Here we are to conclude the last bit of um, the gig economy. So, yeah. You've got, you got a cold now. I can hear that cold. Sounds like it, yeah. All right, brilliant. Fantastic. What oh, you that, saying? that sniffing sound is really enticing. I'm sure everyone's going to stick around to hear what you've got to say. Yeah, uh, bet they are. Oh, God. Let's show them my human side. Oh, right. All right, so where was I telling your story? Okay, so where was I up to? Yeah, you was at Marvin's, and then they yeah. fucked you off, basically, in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, they can't use demonstrators anymore because all the shops are closed. But instead of furloughing you and paying 80% of your wages, they just let you go. Yeah, which was really nice of them. Um, I worked there, like, full-time. Uh, I also often did six days a week, and I was the guy that everybody would come to for overtime. It was quite funny, really. Uh, I think I had this reputation of just doing everybody else's shifts if they didn't come in. And they still didn't furlough me. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I have to do? <laughs> like, What do I have to do? Um, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You were just too good for the job, and you know, any chance they had to make people like you stop making them look bad, Dom, they, they took that. Yeah, there is a happy ending to this story because for once the man got a bloody nose because stupidly they hadn't realised that Dom had been working for them even though he's on a zero-hours contract. He had been working for them for over two years, which in this country Wait. gives you employment rights. So you can't just sack someone for fuck all like they did. Uh, and then Dom, you got a nice little settlement out of that, didn't you? Oh, I sue him sued the dancer for 5k. Hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you litigious prick. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> that was at least sued four people since I've known him. I just can't believe it. Woo! <laughs> he, sued, he sued a kebab shop <laughs> because he hit his head on a door. I'm pretty sure he was pissed and he just opened the door on his head face and somehow he managed to sue it. No, so right, he's got that... like free kebab plus some money. Right, no, no, hang on, hang on. If this story's going to... Right, this, this is what happens. It's genuine what happened. I was next door eating chicken and I wanted to wash my hands. So I walked into the kebab shop, right, used their toilet. I was walking out. There was a long metal handle and it went, came off and it hit me um, directly above the eye. Um, and then I was like, ow, what the hell? I'm going to sue you. Uh, I took their insurance, whatever, like the guy's phone number. And then I was like, you know, give me money. I, I can't actually remember what I said, but what he said was if I attempted to sue him, he would sue me for damaging his door, which is a really weird statement, but it's, it's genuinely what he came out with. You know, he basically said, I'll counter sue you if you sue me. I'm like, all right, bloody hell. Um, went, went ahead anyway, and then, yeah, I think I got about a grand out of that. So, yeah, injury lawyers for you, that really does work. <laughs> Did you ever go back for a kebab? No, they actually closed down after that, would enough, but anyway. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually put someone out of business. Well done, mate. <laughs> they didn't oh, close... God. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, they didn't close down immediately, but I think I was, you know, basically the seed in... Yeah, they weren't doing well. They weren't a good kebab shop. 
to begin and with. And then during the pandemic, Dom was assaulted by a man. <laughs> and, and you're currently suing that person, aren't you, Dom? Could you tell us what happened at the testing centre? Oh, yeah, all right. Well, I worked in a test centre for a year during the pandemic. That's what I did. Well, the rest of you plebs were indoors doing sweet fuck all. I don't know, watching Netflix, I assume. Uh, right. I was working in a test centre. Um... And then that's basically where you'd come to get your COVID swabs. If anybody's like not exactly clued up to what I mean when I say COVID test center, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure everybody's had a COVID test by now. But anyway, so this geezer comes in with his mum and then he goes to my colleague at the desk and uh, he's like, my colleague at the desk is like, can I take your name, sir? And then the guy goes and I quote, what the fuck fuck off fuck off mate don't you fucking talk to me i'll fucking bang you out and then and then yeah you know a good egg and then the (laughs) and then my supervisor comes along um tom his name was we have to bleed that out uh it doesn't matter anyway um he yeah whatever fuck it (laughs) here we are and then um he was like sir could you calm down was like fuck you bang you out as well the lo- lady that I was serving was like, I feel intimidated. I want to leave. I walked her to the end. And then um, security walked in, who was about five foot nothing. And then I'm just like, oh, God, it's not going to, this isn't going to work. It was my friend, Dee, and she is genuinely really short. If you listen to this, Dee, you're really short. Um, but and he's then, a security person. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's just, just bad. And then... Brilliant. Yeah, it, it it really wasn't, actually. It really wasn't. And then for some odd reason... Wait, sorry, sorry. So the guy just steps over D and then just lunges for my supervisor and mate, to be fair. And then he's just sort of going for him. And I'm like, oh, shit. Dom to the rescue? <laughs> I sort of... I'm not... To be honest, I'm not really trying to big myself up because me and several other people try to get in the middle of this whatever this is i i actually do directly get in the middle of this one right to the point where the guys you like he grabs oh, so me. this time you actually did get in the middle as opposed to just like um stand on the sidelines and then and then for a book pretend that you're in the middle okay cool i was i was in the middle of both those scenarios and track records i was definitely 100 percent. you know just putting myself in the line of fire but anyway um sure but <laughs> it's true and i'll say it's my dying breath Right, so this guy was swinging me around, and then, um, and I was like, well, I can't really grab him back. I'm at work. But, um, so the guy swings me around, and then I land on basically hard concrete, and like, break um, my ring finger on my left hand, which isn't great. And then uh, the police came. (laughs) I got dragged out of the tent. The police came. He left. Got his Maserati, crashed his Maserati, and then drove off. Uh, his mother was there, like, having a panic attack. Apparently an ambulance was called, called for her. His girlfriend turns up to collect his, his, you know, having a sort of fit mother, which is, I feel sorry for her, to be honest. And then the police come to collect me, and then they take me to hospital where I get my finger snapped. But it turns out it was broken and dislocated, so they snap that back into place and seal it, and then... Yeah, the rest is history. But yeah, um, I'm still waiting for a court date with that. Maybe that'll turn into a podcast in and of itself. But yeah, 
you know that's that is ongoing the, the dates of that have actually been pushed back till january of next year by the way so yeah which i don't think i've told you in person but yeah that is that is genuinely the sitch oh wow so you're gonna be attending court dom uh yeah yeah, I th- I think I actually have to like stand in the dock and everything. I am literally a witness because the guy has pleaded not guilty. So, so this was grassing with uh, Danny and Don. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, okay. What what is it that is there like a, a a cover word that we could like just put every all of this crap underneath? Like you know, magic and talking and uh, art. Could you call it art? Not really. I don't I don't know if you could call it art. Could you call what we do art, Danny? I mean, if a name waffle is considered art, then why not? I mean, a ruffled bed is apparently considered art. Uh, Who was that, by the way? I can't. Tracy Emming was that none? Yeah, Tracy Emming. Yeah, and if you walk around the Tate, if you ever can be asked to walk around the Tate, don't know why you would, but if you want to, it's a nice building to be fair. It's got a great view of London. Anyway, uh, anyway, I'm not. This is not an advert for the Tate, but anyway, if you walk around the Tate, do visit the Tate. Tate, give us free stuff. Right, anyway. Um... Yeah, I don't want their free stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway, spot the Tate, that's what I'm saying. Right, anyway, if you walk around the Tate, you'll just see a load of shit. Like, like there's like, I don't know, modern art and that. I just think it's shite, personally. I mean... <laughs> Can I just interject while you think of your point, right? There was this thing yeah, I was yeah, watching so, no, the other I, day. No, 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 I've got it, I've got it. So if there's matchstick men that they've got there and little scribbles oh, and they're calling that art, then I suppose they can call what we're doing art and all. Okay, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, all right. It's worthless. Anyway, go on. Right, I don't want to actually start uh, uh, like some sort of debate about this, but well, there was I... this thing I was watching the other day where this artist submitted a toilet to, I believe, the, the Tate Modern, right? So he submits this toilet to the, you know, to be on display. And the reason that he wanted to submit the toilet was because he knew it was of no worth and not really art. He was challenging the um, whoever the hell the guy is that decide basically decides that the stuff can be in the tape tape modern right, and it was this sort of you know in joke of like haha, see the toilet is going to be submitted and now blah, blah, blurring the lines, and I think that's the the argument for like all of modern art. It's just like it is that line of what is art and what isn't art and all that jazz. I'm just sort of sitting here going, well. Surely, you know, if it were to be considered art, you, the bar would be pretty high. But, but I don't that, think so, Dom. I don't think. That, I, no, I don't think. I, I, I just don't think art's that prestigious. I think. <laughs> I think Tracy Emin's Ruffle Bed is art. I just think, for me per, I, personally, I think it's shit art. It's just like Manchester United are a football club, and so are, I don't know, Staley Bridge Celtic. But one is an amazing football club. One's. Uh, you know, an amateur semi-pro football club that isn't very good. They're still football clubs, right? So you know, let me let me th- let me think of a I don't know, like Van Gogh Starry Night. That's a work of art, mm. and then Tracy Emin's Ruffle Bed. That is also a work of art. But one is l- amazing, right? And um, you know, or inspiring, or what other adjectives you want to throw at it. Um, and, and another one is just a load of bourgeois shite. <laughs> right. Well, I guess you know if everything's art, nothing is. All that. Well, all right. Have you heard of this like flight time concept? Have you heard of the flight time concept? Right. So you wouldn't call a pilot a pilot unless he'd done like ten thousand hours of flight training in specific 
stuff no. to make him a pilot. No, oh, if you're, you, are you, you're a pilot. Right. Say again, what? If you're flying a plane, then you're a pilot. Yeah, I mean, if you can fly a plane, you are, you are definitely a pilot. I'll give you that. Like, if you can fly a plane competently, like, mate, you're a pilot. Well, even if you can't fly it competently, just a shit pilot. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, right, yeah. I mean, but I could get in a plane, presumably, start it, and then crash it immediately. That wouldn't make me a pilot. It I would. It just mean you piloted a plane and crashed it. Right, I'm just a shit house, basically. I've just, I've just crashed a plane. I've just done a plane into someone. But you wouldn't honestly go like yeah tom was a pilot for like 10 seconds before he you know killed himself and everybody on board his plane well i don't be know like, i don't know i mean in those just playing with semantics aren't you it's just ridiculous you just be like no this guy's just a dickhead you know that's he's why a dickhead. andy's a andy was a pilot for a short time i mean yeah, that's, pilot... that's all i'm trying to say it's like someone if someone like were to take a shit and then we would like gather around it and then we were in a gallery like you could call it um, uh, art, I guess, but I'm just like, what? <laughs> well, that would be shit art. Wouldn't it? Why are we? Yeah, why are we? Why? Why? What? What are we? What are we doing? Surely this this is just ridiculous, and we just shouldn't entertain it, and we should just have higher standards, and that's why standards are important. I don't, I don't know why you need to have high standards. It's just it's it, it's obviously there's that. I don't so know. People don't just shit on plinths, presumably. That's like fuck planes into into trees and shit. Like that's that's all I'm. Uh, Dom, yes. To our next subjects, which will go out next week, which is our experience of the housing crisis. The housing uh, crisis. We'll talk about all the weird and wonderful places we've stayed in, the dodgy landlords we've experienced, uh, last minute evictions, New Year's Eve eviction texts. Uh, oh, I stayed in a couple of hostels um, for reasons we'll get into later. Please remind me about that, Danny, if I do forget. Uh, yeah, I've got a few hostel yeah. stories, just a few. Yeah, I will, yeah, I will remind you of that. And also we'll be covering um, aloof men who don't say a word for, to us for two years. And then once they do, they speak to us through Google Translate. <laughs> uh, also, we'll have stories about people cramming into one room, uh, weird surveillance and techniques and yeah piss taking flatmates but <laughs> that, that's another subject for another time and that time again is monday every monday misdirection will come out with a new topic and if you've got any ideas for top up topics give us a shout on our socials which again will be in the description uh i sound like a right dickhead now dom you I think you sound like the radio DJ. Yeah, uh, please phone in if you. <laughs> yeah, I just. Yeah, <laughs> Danny I, now sounds like a DJ. Radio DJ now. Uh, you do. Yeah, uh, you're a podcast flow, Danny. You know, I like it. A bit of professionalism. You know, big dick energy, man. I love it. You know, somebody's got to lead this. Um, what, what we call this a shit show? Yeah, so somebody, somebody's got to do it. So if if not me, you. Anyway, um, housing. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. All right, great. Um, should we leave it at that then? Should we, should we get out of here? Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you down the road. Catch you down the road. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.